0: Welcome to the Innovation in Action podcast. This is a series highlighting what is happening now in innovation. We'll look at this through the lens of the innovators we interview in the series. We're making contributions globally across business, academia, government, and not-for-profit entities. We'll help you understand the secret sauce that enables these people to move the innovation needle forward. I'm your host, Sonia Montero. The podcast is brought to you by the ASQ Innovation Technical Community, which is part of the American Society for Quality, a global community of quality professionals with nearly 80,000 members. This podcast is for anyone who wants to learn more about what is happening in innovation today, and for anyone who wants to make innovation happen themselves. I'm thrilled to have Jane Keithley on the podcast today, who is a founding member of the ASQ innovation technical committee and currently serves on the ASQ board of directors representing the TC council. Jane is the principal consultant for Keith Lee & Company and her career as a quality and innovation professional spans several disciplines, including medical device software, clinical research, biopharma manufacturing and diagnostic microbiology. Jane is also the co-author of Structuring Your Organization for Innovation and the Executive Guide to Innovation. Thank you, Jane, for your contribution to ASQ and for joining me today to talk about innovation culture.
1: My pleasure. Thank you, Sonia. It's great to be here.
0: So you were a founding member of the ASQ Innovation TC. What were some of the reasons that prompted the creation of this member unit?
1: So there were, people were beginning to understand the need um, for incorporating innovation into the future of quality. This was first initiated by the quality management division and they established an innovation and value creation technical committee. I was a member of the quality management division and working for a small software company and joined that committee and became its founding chair We had a lot of enthusiastic interest from members of QMD as well as across ASQ and ASQ leadership, and we began developing our body of knowledge, our innovation body of knowledge by doing conference presentations, publications. We eventually put out our book in 2014 called The Executive Guide to Innovation, which kind of consolidated our thinking on innovation and quality. One of our members, Dr. Bill Woodall, uh, statistics professor at Virginia Tech, actually introduced the idea initially on, you guys should become a, uh, a division, of your standalone division separate from the QMD. Uh, we agreed, our leadership team at the time agreed that this was a good thing to pursue. And led by Peter Merrill, we stepped through the process of becoming a division within ASQ. This included, among other things, Being an interest group for three years and obtaining 300 signatures from members representing a cross section of ASQ, both geographic and technical areas, but we achieved that the board of directors approved our request to be a division and we became the innovation division at the beginning of 2015. So we're in our seventh year as a division. It's been very successful. We've had a lot of interest. It continues to grow. And that tells me that many of us share the belief that the future of quality has to incorporate innovation concepts and skills and
0: knowledge. Let's talk about culture. How do you define it?
1: Yeah, so culture to me is a set of behaviors exhibited by, in this case, an organization. And an innovation culture then is a set of behaviors that regularly leads to innovative outcomes. So some of the characteristics of an innovation in culture are things like a curiosity and a willingness to try out new ideas. Another one is a well-developed ability to learn from trial and experiences or what many consider learn from mistakes. Another really important characteristic of an innovation culture, is communication, having an open and interactive communication style, both internally with the members of the organization, but also externally. Innovative culture suggests that you're open to ideas from the outside, that you're willing to talk to your customers, your competitors, uh, other professionals, things like that, and share and learn from those sources as well. I think of an innovation culture oftentimes as a situation of organized chaos. And um, it may look like it's disorganized, but within a broader framework, innovation can succeed in this uh, environment of organized chaos. It's important to remember though, that not everybody works well in that sort of environment. And so you have to give them the time and the support to understand how they fit into that innovation culture.
0: And innovation culture is quite visible in some organizations, yet in other organizations, they struggle to create it. How does an organization instill an innovation culture?
1: This is a big challenge in many organizations uh, because culture moves slowly, and each organization is a little bit different, so there's no one-size-fits-all answer. But in general, leaders have to establish the vision. This will be an innovative company. Uh, They have to set the expectation, we will be innovative, and then they have to provide the tools, resources, structures to make it happen. These are things such as flat organizational structures, uh, networking opportunities and tools, uh, reward and incentive programs that reinforce innovative behaviors. Those are all important things for leaders to provide if they want to instill an innovative culture. I think that uh, an important thing that gets overlooked sometimes is the idea of a change management plan. If an organization wants to have an innovative culture and they don't have it now, they have a situation of this is where we are now, this is where we want to be. And they should set up and establish a plan for how to get there. Then they can share that plan with their uh, organizational members They can lay out the activities and events that they're going to follow to get there, how they're going to track it, how they're gonna measure it to make sure that they're succeeding. And uh, that can really help to instill that innovative culture a little bit more formally. People's roles change. Managers, for example, are probably gonna have to shift from being the idea person and the chief decision maker to being more service oriented where they're uh, coaches and mentors. And then on the other hand, your workforce members are going to have to take on more accountability. They're gonna have to take responsibility for decision-making. So roles change that uh, gives people uh, you know, uh, causes discomfort. And so they they may need to have training and coaching to understand those new roles. But in the end, uh, most of the time they're going to really love them and it's gonna help that organization succeed with their innovation programs.
0: So talking a little bit more about uh, those specific behaviors, uh, innovation requires both uh, creative behaviors and process execution operational behaviors. How do you create a culture of successful coexistence between those creative people and the execution-focused people?
1: Yeah, you're exactly right, Sonia. Both creative behaviors, people, processes, and Uh, Things like engineering and project management, the execution types of people and processes are both important for innovation. Um, I think to to get them a successful coexistence, as you say, first of all, those roles have to be defined and they have to be understood by everyone. So uh, at the beginning of an innovation initiative, you're more likely to have uh, the more creative types involved involved. But you still need some element of the execution uh, mindset in place to, to kind of keep keep it on the rail, so to speak. As the uh, initiative moves along, you're going to shift more to the execution type of mindset, but you never want to lose completely the presence of the creative mindset. So understanding those shifts in responsibilities during the process of an, of an innovation, as well as... Um, Making sure that those people, those individuals understand, here's what I'm contributing now. Here's what that person is contributing now. As long as they understand that, then they can start to coexist. But not only that, they can start to leverage each other's contributions and um, uh, work with each other to, to maximize what they can all contribute at the right time. Managers really need to understand this, managers and team leaders, and keep reinforcing it. And what those team leaders and managers can do is make sure that all the voices are heard, that no one gets reduced, that no one is threatened by speaking up, feels threatened. So uh, managers have that responsibility to make sure everyone's at the table and participating.
0: And how does uh, the team structure contribute to innovation culture? Are flat network structured the only way to have a culture of innovation?
1: Well, we have found that a team's model, it's been shown to be more adaptable. It's been shown to be more flexible. It's been shown to be faster. These are all very important considerations for innovation and teams lend themselves to to those kinds of behaviors and to flat organizational structures. This avoids the siloed structures of the past and, you know, allows them to, allows activities to move forward more quickly. More and more teams are becoming self-managed even. They form, they complete their scope of work, which they may have defined themselves. They get it done. They define their timelines, who's doing what. Once they've finished that um, scope of work, they disband and they go off and reform in different configurations for another purpose this is very much like a theater or a movie cast or crew. They come together, they do their production, and then they disband and go on to another movie or uh, theater production. It's not the only way, however. There are a lot of different structures that can work for innovation. I think most of them do rely on some element of networking, flat network structures to be innovative, but they may be hybrid structures where that flat model or the networked model operates in parallel to a more traditional model for different parts of the organization, or they may overlap with touch points where people kind of serve in both areas. There's a lot of different models out there. I think every organization has to find the one that works best for them. Uh, Apple is an interesting one because they're considered an innovative company, but they actually have a fairly traditional functional organizational structure. Their functions are uh, areas of their technology. Each, each one of those is its own uh, functional structure. However, they network across these functional areas. So that's where their flat network comes in. And they, they work with each other across these functions to come up with a product offering. Another thing about Apple is that their management reward program is based on overall organizational performance, not on the performance of the individual functions. So this is another way to help reinforce and drive those collaborative actions that you need for
0: uh, effective innovation. How can an innovation culture contribute to a focus on the customer that helps us understand those needs?
1: This really is the crux of successful innovation. Our job as innovators is to find creative solutions for problem areas. These are solutions that those people who are experiencing the problems will enthusiastically receive and welcome. That means they not only have to work, they have to work really well, they have to work less expensively, they have to work more easily than other solutions. So this uh, customer relationship is so key. So any kind of structure or environment that elevates that customer relationship to focus on happy and satisfied customers, it's been shown that those kinds of cultures will outperform cultures that don't do this. Studies show that an emotionally satisfied customer is much more likely to be a repeat buyer, uh, to purchase higher volumes, and to recommend the company to others. So there's so much benefit in having satisfied customers. So much so that some organizations have gone to merging the employee and customer uh, management departments, if you will. So, you know, traditionally employees are managed by HR and customer relationships are managed either through customer service or through sales and marketing. But some organizations have brought those together, employees and customer management, into one integrated system with their own set of performance objectives, their own set of performance metrics. Uh, Something like this really elevates that human element of the employee-customer relationship to the forefront and really gives it the focus needed to have that innovation culture and be effective at meeting their pain points.
0: What are other ways organizational leaders can develop and support a culture of innovation?
1: Well, a few of the things that I have either seen or read about or heard about, um, one is holding networking events for employees. So, you know, bring them together in a social setting so that they can uh, just chat with each other. It's good to have the employees actually organize those, like maybe hosting a breakfast for other teams or other departments. Uh, Some organizations create their physical structure to bring people together for networking with common break rooms or uh, traffic patterns that uh, encourage folks to run into each other randomly and, and network that way. So there's a lot of ways you can get your employees to network and that helps. Another way that I think is pretty effective is mapping your business processes from the customer's perspective by bringing together representatives of the customer service department and every department in the chain of activities all the way back through your your organization to the support functions like IT and finance. If you get that group of people together and map the processes starting with The place where your customer touches your business, it's revealing, and it really helps all of those people along the way to understand how they contribute to customer satisfaction. So that's a good way, too, to uh, develop and support that culture of innovation. Some companies identify innovation champions and coaches to help reinforce innovation practices and behaviors. Others establish idea exchanges or like online collaboration tools Uh, Or they host uh, facilitated in-person and virtual workshops where they they, uh, help people come up with ideas or hone ideas. Some will even have their own like internal shark tank kind of events. But one thing I think it's important to remember is that people won't necessarily naturally understand how to be innovative or how to exhibit these innovative behaviors. And so training and education is important. Uh, offer these classes so that people understand what this means, what innovative behaviors mean, how to use the tools, and again, what those expectations are. Probably the most important thing to support a culture of innovation is for leadership to constantly reinforce it and recognize uh, when innovative behaviors are being exhibited. And that means the, the failures as well as the successes, but constant reinforcement from leadership is really important.
0: Those are um, great points. Coming back to the ASQ perspective and, and your experience, um, how does the ASQ board of directors support innovation and, uh, and innovation culture?
1: So I think that the board of directors recognizes innovation on two levels. Uh, one is in understanding that there's value to our members in offering innovation, knowledge, expertise, um, things that were around innovation for our quality professionals. The second way is to apply innovative thinking within the society's operations and structure. So I want to talk about the second one first. Uh, A few years ago now, ASQ, led by the Board of Directors, went through a major transformation. This included a restructuring and a refocus of the organization's vision, mission, values, a new strategic plan. The focus was shifted to member value and performance excellence. I think this really showed that the Board of Directors recognized the importance of the organization reinventing itself, and organizations do need to do that periodically if they're going to be innovative. I do believe that this transformation positioned ASQ to adapt and adjust and deal with the pandemic issues that arose last year. I think we were in a much better position to do that, having gone through transformation. And also part of that transformation has been the board of directors supporting and approving enhancements to ASQ's technical platforms. So these technical platforms are what's used for body of knowledge management, for networking and member communications, uh, for financial management. So all of these new structures lead us back to the first point of what we offer to our members. The new strategic plan has the first strategic goal is driving thought leadership in excellence through quality. So this really means that ASQ intends to maintain a cutting edge with its quality body of knowledge. And that includes the quality 4.0 concepts. Quality 4.0 is referring to a lot of the, the more innovative and current thinking and technologies such as artificial intelligence and digital transformation. So ASQ recognizes and is incorporating these into the body of knowledge. This is important to our members to have this information available and to have it available through platforms that are accessible and easy to use. Besides these things, the board of directors has commissioned initiatives on diversity, equity, and inclusion, on risk management, very important for innovation, and on recognizing and rewarding our member units who perform uh, at a high level and we have a portion of that that includes innovative solutions, recognition for innovative solutions among our members. So I think the board of directors has taken a kind of a holistic view of uh, innovation across the society.
0: You mentioned thought leadership. Um, how does the Innovation TC plan to contribute to the society's goals on, on thought leadership?
1: So our, our primary focus is on that innovation body of knowledge, that portion of the quality body of knowledge that deals with innovation and quality. Uh, ASQ, well, the innovation technical community is one of the top three member units in terms of rate of growth and has been for several years now. So we have a strong interest among ASQ members in innovation from our beginning. We developed a large library of offerings on innovation and quality. We've done conference presentations, webinars, publications, workshops. We have online discussion threads going. Most of this is available through the innovation technical community, MyASQ site. We are in the process of putting the finishing touches on our concise body of knowledge. It's a very compact body of innovation knowledge and that should be done later this year and we're very excited to uh, say that we will be moving on then next year working with ASQE to develop a specialized innovation credential that our members can take and uh, receive a credential in innovation management. We offer monthly webinars, newsletter, other publications with lots of information on uh, uh, useful knowledge about innovation and we're starting to make plans for another innovation conference next year. So lots of opportunities for us to develop content and to make it available to our members. We're always on the lookout to share our knowledge and collaborate with other ASQ communities, other technical and geographic communities, as well as external organizations. We have uh, partnerships with academia and with other nonprofit organizations like PMI, so, uh, developing and sharing innovation knowledge really is our reason for existence.
0: All exciting stuff. Um, <laughs> thanks, Jane. It's it's been a great pleasure speaking with you today on innovation culture. Thank you to our audience for listening to Innovation in Action, brought to you by the ASQ Innovation TC. The ASQ Innovation TC is dedicated to building and providing access to the growing and dynamic body of innovation knowledge through partnerships, trainings, and online presence for people in the innovation space, whether experienced or new enabling them to become more effective sources for quality through innovation in their professional environments. To hear more episodes of the show, please visit Innovation in Action podcast on Spotify and click subscribe. Stay tuned for our next episode where we chat with Jim Nelson, a co-author of the IBOC about innovation strategy. Thanks for listening.